I could only listen as they dragged my family into the underworld, knowing that I would be next. But Krampus did not take me that night. He left me as a reminder of what happens when hope is lost, when belief is forgotten, and the Christmas spirit dies. Hey, gays and ghouls. I'm Sean Reedy. I'm Katie Tool. And this is Friday Night Frights. A podcast about roaring fires, hot chocolate, and demonic gingerbread men. Mmm. Tonight, we are talking about uh, Krampus. Ah, yes. Which is a great movie. I actually discovered while we were watching it for this episode that I had never seen it all the way through. It was one of those things... Kind of like you were when we were watching Jack Frost, where it was mm-hmm. like, I would have remembered this scene and I don't. Right. I would have remembered this scene and I don't. So apparently I, I remembered like the first five minutes. So apparently I got interrupted watching Krampus at some point and never started up again. <laughs> um, also, we should probably confess mm-hmm. uh, that there is, in Germany and Eastern Europe at least, an actual holiday. Oh, yes. For Krampus. Yep. Krampus not. Yeah. That is the night before the feast day for St. Nicholas, mm-hmm. which is the 6th of December. Uh-huh. So it was the 5th of December. <laughs> this movie was released on the 4th of December in 2015, which was two weeks ago Friday. Uh-huh. When we did the Nightmare Before Christmas episode. So we were actually making fun of the fun of the Friday the 13th production team for doing this exact thing. We could have released this episode on the day that this movie came out. Five year, the f- five year anniversary of the... The five year anniversary of this of movie. The, yeah. So, you know, if you want to go ahead and just like listen to this one ahead of those... No, that won't work because you've probably already listened to it. If you're listening. Yeah. Our bad. <laughs> Oopsie. Oopsie. Yeah. And okay. this is why, I mean, hey, it happens. It happens, clearly. It happened to Friday the 13th. It happened to us. Right. It's fine. I mean, Friday the 13th did okay. Right. Has a whole fucking 12 movies or some crazy <laughs> shit like that about it. Didn't I say it was the most profit- profitable horror movie franchise of all time? I do believe you did. Yeah, so. Jesus. So anyway, uh, we are going to get into Krampus, but first... Shocktail hour, shocktail hour, this is shocktail hour. <laughs> Tonight's shock tale is called The Ginger Dead Man. And what is in The Ginger Dead Man? The Ginger Dead Man is kind of like a holiday twist on a Moscow mule. A little bit. Mm-hmm. So it is a shot of Jaeger, mm-hmm. obviously. German. German monster. German liquor. It's gotta happen. Gotta happen. Also, the the like stag on the bottle of Jaegermeister looks a little bit like Krampus. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Um, a quarter cup of cranberry juice, mm-hmm. and then uh, topped off with about eight ounces of ginger beer, really as much ginger beer as, as you want to uh, to finish the drink. Yeah, this this drink is, like, I was surprised how good it is, because as most people in their early 20s, probably late teens did, um, I'm 
quickly burnt myself out on Jägermeister. Mm-hmm. Um, Jäger bombs, Jäger shots. Yeah, I mean, Jäger gets a bad rap. Yeah. Used, it does. used properly. It's, it's a nice, tasty. Yeah, it's a nice, it's it, a nice liquor. But it works very well together with these. Don't, don't. People generally don't use it properly. No, no they just. I mean, I got, I suppose that's relative and subjective, and I'm sure people who think that's the perfectly proper way to use Jägermeister. True. However, this is the superior way. It is. This is you know, holiday cheer. Mm-hmm. Holiday cheers. Cheers. And fierce. And fierce. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, Krampus was released on December 4th, 2015. It stars Adam Scott and Tony Collette. This movie served as my pretty much annual-ish reminder, pretty much any time I look up Tony Collette's IMDb for any reason, that she was in Muriel's wedding back in the day and that she is Australian. Right. Like, those two things completely leave my mind. Until the, like, roughly once a year that I, for some reason, have to look up Tony Collette's IMDb. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. Because I was obsessed with that movie with a kid, as a kid. I was still like, never... I've actually never seen it. I mean, it's it's just like... It's just like this sort of, you know, like, romantic comedy. Like, there's nothing... I mean, it's got Tony Collette in it. So I I'm mean, like, so I'm on board. Right. It's not bad. But, like, I don't, I don't know what it was about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that I would, like, not stop watching it when I was, like, eight. Anyway. Uh, the story of Krampus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Krampus is about a young boy named Max. He is played by MJ Anthony. Adam Scott and Tony Collette play his parents. He also has a sister, Beth, played by Stefania Levy Owen. And Max is not having a very good Christmas. No, he's having a bad time. He's having a bad year. Uh, he gets in a fight during his Christmas recital. Mm-hmm. His parents are kind of mad at him. They're kind of tense with each other, just kind of at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, his sister, of course, is a teenager who's got a boyfriend. So she doesn't really, she's like too school, too cool for school now. She doesn't really want to hang out with him or anything like that. And then his other relatives show up. Mm-hmm. His other relatives being um, his Aunt Linda played by Alison Tolman, who is his mother's sister. His uncle Howard, who's played by uh, David Kochner. Kochner? Probably? I think it's Kochner. Kochner. His uncle Howard, played by David Kochner, who literally always plays this character. Yeah, like every single film. Everything you've seen him in. Anchorman. He is this guy. The Office. Yep. Um... Other things that I can't think of right off the top of my head, but those two right, immediately I mean, come But to those mind. are the those are really the two things you think of when you think of this guy. Yes. And like this is just the character he plays. He plays this loud, abrasive, like ultra ultra alpha male. Right, like trying to be like too macho type. <clears throat> um, anyway. And they have three kids. Howie Jr., played by Maverick Flack, who I don't think has a line. Like, I no. do not think he speaks the entire time. Nope. I'm pretty sure he just screams. Mm-hmm. Right? He just screams and then... and Dies. Dies. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, I think he actually... He has a line. Does he? What does I he I believe say? he screams 
Aunt Sarah. <laughs> when okay, he's getting pulled so up. that is that is an actual. I guess that is an actual line. That is. So this kid has one line. Yeah, and it is to scream a name. Right. Ten out of ten. And then uh, Jordan and Stevie, played by Queenie Samuel and Lolo Owen, respectively. Uh, I believe we disco- you discovered that Lola Owen and Stefania are sisters. Are sisters. Yes, so. in real life. And when you when you look close, you actually kind of see the resemblance. Oh, yeah, They're absolutely. just made up so differently because um, Jordan and Stevie are very, very, like, tomboyish. Yes. Right? And then Beth is kind of like a really girly girl. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of hard. But if you look really closely at their faces, you can tell. Mm-hmm. And they're twins, right? Jordan and Stevie? Yeah. I think they are supposed to be twins. Yeah. Like fraternal twins. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also baby Chrissy, who is played by Sage Hoonfeld, mm-hmm. this little little tiny baby girl, um, and Aunt Dorothy, oh. who was not invited. <laughs> no, she was not. <laughs> but Aunt Linda and Uncle Howard brought her anyway. Yes. Uh, she is played by Conchata Farrell. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, Sarah, who's Tony Collette's character's name, mm-hmm. is not at all happy that Aunt Dorothy is in the picture. No. Um, these two families do not get along. They come from completely different lifestyles. You kind of get the feeling that Linda and Howard and Aunt Dorothy's lifestyles are more the lifestyle that Sarah grew up with. Yes. And she's kind of ashamed of that yeah and so she she mm-hmm. tries very hard to go the other way and so they think that she's a snob yes exactly they they poke fun at her numerous times throughout the entire dinner right while for they're being looking too fancy yes. or being too persnickety or being too neat and clean right martha stewart threw up all over this dining room exactly. or kitchen or whatever like, she says whatever. that's why she makes Dorothy food you says. can't pronounce yeah, yeah, right yeah. um there is also so there's a lot of tension mm-hmm. in the house, and Max is not having fun at Christmas. Mm-hmm. He has sort of gotten to the age where he is cognizant of, mm-hmm. like, the problems his family's having. So, like, he's not really young enough anymore to just be like, oh, lights, presents, yay, it's Christmas. Like, right. now he's kind of like, oh, this doesn't feel very nice. This is mm-hmm. kind of icky, right? And so he is missing the old Christmas. His only comfort comes from his grandmother, Yes. Who he calls Omi. Uh, she's played by Krista Stadler. Mm-hmm. Sweet Omi. Sweet Omi. Making cookies. Making hot chocolate. Doing all the Omi things. Mm-hmm. Making all of the specifically Austrian desserts because she is Yes, German. and a spread of them. Oh, yeah. Yes. The entire big old island that they have is covered in, mm-hmm. um, what is it, Linzer cookies? Oh, my God. And uh, vanilla... Vanilla Clifford. Mm-hmm. Sure. Going, I butchered that one. I think um, you got it. I tried. Well. It's German. Just say it like it's a German. Ger- it's German. <laughs> it works. It works. And then Christmas stolen bread. Just for a few good tasty examples. Right. And of course, uh, Michael Dowdy, uh, who is the um, director and one of the co-writers. Mm-hmm. Put those desserts in specifically to refer to the origin of the legend of Krampus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Max is not having a good time. He wrote a letter to Santa um, asking for all of these sort of intangible things, like that his parents would love each other again and that his family would get along and that his aunt and uncle wouldn't have such a hard time 
and such. His cousins found it and teased him about it. They got in a fight. It was the second physical physical altercation he'd been in in like 24 hours. Yep. Max might have a little bit of an anger management problem. And so he rips it up and he throws it out the window. And this whirlwind takes it into the night sky. Mm-hmm. And then all hell breaks loose. When they wake up in the morning, a giant blizzard has come and knocked out that power and knocked out the phone lines and knocked mm-hmm. out everything. I mean, Heat. as as it happened in Friday the 13th. Ah, uh, yes. The storm came in. The storm came in. Literally and figuratively. Yes. Yes. Um, it, it came in real quick, too. Mm-hmm. And then they start getting picked off mm-hmm. one by one by mysterious, supernatural magical bits of holiday fun <laughs> essentially <laughs> i mean you have a jack in the box you have a teddy box. bear teddy bears the gingerbread men of the course the gingerbread men of course um the angel the angel mm-hmm. the, the elves. elves uh what else was there i know there was more there are other toys there there is a nutcracker in there somewhere yeah. and you know there there are other toys that are sort of um Flying around. Mm-hmm. But those were sort of the main ones. Yeah. Um, and yes, and they all get picked off, including the children. In fact, the yeah. children go first. Yep. This is a movie that portrays, not directly, but it does not shy away from the murder of an infant. No, not at all. Which is which is not something most movies have the balls to do. They did it in this one. Mm-hmm. You don't see it. You don't see it. She just gets carried off by the elves. Right. Which is also an allusion um, to ancient European folklore. Mm-hmm. Almost every, like, indigenous European culture, right? Like, the Celts and the Gauls and, and the Norse. All of these. All of have traditions and lore in which some kind of small humanoid creature, elves, fairies, dwarves, goblins, yada, 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 um, come to carry away your children at night. Finally, it's down to just Max and his cousin Stevie. Mm -hmm. And they are facing Krampus directly. And he... uh, Opens a portal to hell, mm-hmm. which is, you know, good old-fashioned holiday fun, <laughs> and is preparing to drop Stevie into it, at which point Max tries to sacrifice himself, saying, take me instead, and he apologizes for the way that he had been treating his family and the attitude that he'd had and that he didn't have any Christmas spirit. Right. He then wakes up. Oh, so Krampus drops both Stevie oh, yes. and Max into the portal hell. I think feel that's an important detail that we shouldn't yes. leave out. <laughs> like, Krampus laughs in his face. Yep. Drops him into the portal, and then he wakes up. Mm-hmm. Among the better, like, wake up and fall out of bed, like, <laughs> pratfalls in horror movie history. Yes. I don't know if you've ever seen Pet Cemetery, but one of my favorite parts of Pet Cemetery is when the dad falls out of bed and, like, smacks his head on the nightstand. Like, it's... <laughs> So funny. And it's, like, in a really sort of, like, serious, 
like tense stretch of the movie, right? right. Like it's I think it's right after the kid dies, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, but and then he just, or maybe right after the wife dies, and he just falls out of bed and smacks his head. <laughs> it's just like what? So this is this is up there with that for sure. I, just to clarify too, are, I'm assuming you're talking about the original Pet Cemetery. I am talking about the original Pet Cemetery. Okay. Yeah. So like I don't remember it happening in the recent one, but I haven't watched the original one in a, in really, a really long really time. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. You can probably usually assume I'm talking about the original. That's fair. Because, you know, uh, me and the old movies, I just... <laughs> you are definitely more of a a classic. Right. I'm a fan of the classics. Um, and his whole family's fine. He goes downstairs, his whole family's fine. Mm-hmm. It's so Christmas he morning. thinks it's Christmas morning. In fact, they're even getting along. Yeah. Like, it's actually an, a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so he assumes that the whole thing was a dream until he opens a gift. Mm-hmm. And in that is the bell that Krampus leaves as his calling card. And he realizes that it was all real. And they have A. So there are two schools of thought on this. Oh, no, no. You said that it was confirmed, right? The second one was So confirmed. there is, so there's, yeah. So there's two thoughts to the ending of the film. Mm-hmm. So there is the idea that... They are trapped in hell to repeat Christmas, their Christmas experience, and all of the deaths that they have ended up. Mm, that's just going to, like, loop. It's going to, for all, for the rest of time. So, like, Groundhog Day, but Christmas. But Christmas. And a lot more, like, blood. A little, a little more gruesome. Right. Just hair. Um, however, the other uh, concept of the ending, which is, which ends up being the actual ending confirmed by a comic book that was written okay do not remember what the comic book is called should have looked it up but i didn't sorry Sorry. about it we'll put it on the twitter we can put it on the twitter um but uh it is that they are actually just being watched by krampus in their snow globe Mm -hmm. that is just the way that he watches over these families Mm -hmm. um after they experienced what they've experienced um and you better watch out for real. For real. Yeah. Like, he's not bringing you coal. He's bringing you the very fires of hell. Yes. Literally. So, hopefully you learned your lesson the first time. Right. And so, something that I was thinking about, though, after I went back and forth between the endings and everything, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about it, and once I read up on the different, the actual differences that they would be, mm-hmm. and what it ended up being, I was thinking about why the grandmother's family didn't come back and oh yeah we should actually say that um because i i don't think we so just a quick little backtrack at some point um over the course of i mean this takes place over the course of at least a couple of days yeah i believe it starts on the 23rd yeah 22nd i believe right yeah it's Um, it's kind of hard to keep track just because the storm makes it so dark kind of all at all times so it's hard to tell whether it's day or night but Mm -hmm. Um, Omi seems to know what's going on as soon as it starts. Yep. Um, and it is revealed that the reason she knows what's going on as soon as it starts is when she's, uh, telling a story about her own childhood Mm -hmm. and, uh, she lets them know that her family had been taken by Krampus during World War II. Mm -hmm. Um, and we will talk about that sequence more because it's gorgeous. It's oh, absolutely. absolutely gorgeous sequence. But but we should at least 
you know, throw that in there that her family was taken. And so you were thinking about why her family doesn't have a snow globe. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, because her family was taken and was never returned. Right. They were just gone. But you also don't see them trapped in a snow globe. Exactly. Yes. So the reason, though, that I, I thought about it and I was like, well, the reason that they never came back is because Omi never, one, offered herself as essentially tribute to make them come back. Mm -hmm. And she never apologized. Right. And yeah, she just accepted it. She didn't fight at all. Yes. She just, she just stayed hiding in her bed Mm -hmm. while it all happened. Exactly. So yes, it is, it is Max's and really the rest of the family, because once the first few kids go, everyone else who dies, dies trying to save everyone else. Exactly. So the, the theme of, you know, charity and kindness and sacrifice being sort of what the season is really about and that you should, um, you know, that those are values to which you should cling comes through Mm -hmm. in a particularly dramatic way. (laughs) Just slightly. As all of the adults one by one give Mm -hmm. themselves up to save the others. Yes. Which is probably why they chose to have the kids go first. Yep. Right. And then the only ones that are left, you know, um, uh, it's Max and Stevie, and Max ends up ultimately saving the day yep. by, you know, apologizing mm-hmm. for ripping up a Santa letter. Seems like kind of an extreme reaction, though. I mean, I mean, he ripped up a letter. A little bit. And you killed a baby. I mean... Like... I mean, to be fair... Mm-hmm. The Omi, as a child, just threw a doll in the fire. That's true. And she killed her parents. Right. So, <laughs> like, you know, obviously, I mean, who can predict, who can predict, like, you know, German goat men? Right. So. It's not a everyday occurrence, necessarily. Right. Well, and that was the big Although thing. Although there are many, many snow globes in that layer that he has at the end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and you got to think, too, like, this has happened over the course of centuries. That is a good point. That is a good point. The uh, we can talk about this a little bit more later, but the the mm-hmm. legends of Krampus date back to about the the 14th century, I believe. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he's been around for a while. Just a hair. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. He could be my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did we not tell you that Sean's a vampire? He's actually like oh, a thousand years old. Did you forget? <laughs> there are photos. <laughs> we post them on the Instagram. We posted them on the Instagram. They're on Facebook. They're on. They might be on Twitter. I don't know where they're, they're on at. our website. They're all everywhere. FMFridayspodcast.com. <laughs> hey, plug. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Beth, the sister, is the first th- to go. Mm-hmm. Although you don't really... I, I feel like the, the deaths get increasingly visual, right? When Beth dies, you really just see the jack-in-the-box beginning to open right you don't really see like you get a little a little snippet of head right you you don't even know you can't even tell what it is right you understand that it's not a normal jack-in-the-box right but that's all you get and then you just sort of see the van moving and you hear her screaming yes right um the next one is isn't that uh i think the next one is howie yeah the next one is Howie. So they, they hole up for a little while, mm-hmm. right? And then the next one is Howie. 
Omi tells them to keep the fire hot mm-hmm. because, you know, that's a way to keep him out. He comes down through the chimney like Santa. Right. Duh, mm-hmm. right? Um, but no one believes her. Right. Uh, yeah. And, Howard calls her basically like a fucking nutbag. Right. And they were going to take turns keeping watch, but everyone falls asleep. Yep. Fire goes out. Way to go, Howard. Well, in all fairness, leaving the, like, critically injured, because by that point, he was very, very injured. Like, yeah, he, had he, was, a he lost a lot of blood coming out of his leg and they probably had like given him a lot of booze for mm-hmm. you know to try to numb the pain and so probably not your best choice for a guard yeah no but you know um he was very confident well yeah as yeah. is his personality right and, a little as a whole. might be a a touch of hubris yes just a little bit so how he ends up waking up to a chain hanging in the fireplace with a hook on the end with a hook which is, which is a um, common attribute of mm-hmm. Krampus. Right. With the chain and the meat hook. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and with a gingerbread man just like kind of wrapped up in a chain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Literally oh. like a fish to the bait. Yes. Yeah. And he was like, oh, a snack. I'm like, I don't know why you'd be eating a, a gingerbread man just hanging in the... Right. Uh, like, like, but this... Listen, th- folks, chimney cookies... They're not where it's at. Not a good idea. Not a good It's snack. not even going to taste good. It's going to be all city. No. Eh. It's going to be high in calories. Like, come on. We need to... Right? <laughs> come on. Um, I mean, and to be fair, I this child is, is clearly not of sound mind. True, true. He he is there. There is you know. because there is no sound in that mind. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he never says anything. He never says anything. Um, and not the like you know strong, silent. No, no, no. You know, too intelligent and in his own head. No, <laughs> no. Just, Max just, literally asked him like four questions in a row, and he just stared blankly at him, and just, then just walked away. Yeah, just not, just not the <laughs> brightest bulb on the tree. <laughs> Things flickering. Right? A little bit. You need to replace that one. Well, mm-hmm. he, yeah, well, well, I mean. It happens. So, uh, Krampus is dangling a little gingerbread man. Mm-hmm. And Howie takes the bait. Yep. And gets dragged up the chimney. Yep. The whole family tries to go in after him. Yeah. Uh, Sarah gets the closest. She has a hold of his legs. Mm-hmm. Gets pulled up in the chimney and sees that that gingerbread man is in fact sentient yes <laughs> it is living and it is moving and it is maniacally laughing and it's mm-hmm. really quite comical <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i think it's supposed to be like i think the gingerbread oh, yeah. men are definitely supposed to be funny this is this is absolutely a movie that you would classify as a horror comedy yes though it does have a little bit of trouble finding that balance sometimes yes but th- but there are definitely some very funny moments in the mm-hmm. movie um yeah, because she ends up getting pulled in, and uh, Uncle Howie ends up grabbing out a hold of her legs. Right, they kind of are doing this ladder thing, and they manage to get Sarah out of the chimney, but not Howie Jr. Nope. And so he is gone. Um, Next is uh, Jordan. The girls, yeah. So, after they have to literally threaten Howard with a gun, mm-hmm. I believe, right? <clears throat> to keep him from going outside to find the thing that just took his son. Yep. Um, they all sort of hunker down again, mm-hmm. making sure this time that they are going to keep that fire lit. Yes. Right. Um, and Jordan and Stevie have to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So they go upstairs. 
because unfortunately, uh, Aunt Dorothy clogged the toilet. The oh, that's right. Bathroom. That is right. That is why. That is why they had to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Aunt Dorothy's had a lot of eggnog. She's had a lot of nog. And I mean, of course, that fancy food probably stopped her all up. That's true. Very rich. Yeah. Crème brûlée. Come on. Mm. Anyway. Uh, they hear a voice coming from the attic. They think that it's Beth, so mm-hmm. they go to investigate, and that was not a good choice. No, that was poor decision making. And it, she just—it does not sound like Beth. Sounds nothing like Beth. No, it's just a female voice, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Is that our cousin?" Right. We surely must go we investigate. Must, right. Surely we must know what she sounds like. Right. Right. Um, at this point, we see. Well, I guess it's a few minutes later, right? Like mm-hmm. the the grown-ups hear all the screaming. They go upstairs. Mm-hmm. And they realized that the gifts that had been mysteriously left on the doorstep, along with a DHL delivery. <laughs> right. So they just assumed it was also a delivery. Mm-hmm. That those gifts are, in fact, demonic. And that we see, in its full glory, the jack-in-the-box. Ugh, the best, the I best mean, creature in this film. By a mile. It is terrifying. Yeah. And I think that this is one of those instances, and, it, and it's a sort of a rare chance because you don't have many films that mix the two, but you can really see the difference between a practical effect and CGI. Yes. Right? And it's like shot for shot, like they flip back and forth between oh, yeah. the two. Right, because while the... While... Uh, Isn't it uh, Aunt Sarah, Uncle... T- or, well... Uh, and Sarah and Uncle Sarah Tom, too. The Tom. Sarah Tom and uh, Linda. Right. I kept wanting to call him Adam because that's his real name. Right. But um, while they're upstairs fighting, trying to save the kids from the Jack in the Box, mm-hmm. downstairs, Howard Sr. is being attacked by the gingerbread man. Yes. Right? So, and it does flip back and forth between those two scenarios. Mm-hmm. And Yes, the gingerbread men are supposed to be comical. Right. Right. But, like, just the effectiveness of that jack-in-the-box when it's, like, maw opens. Oh, right? yeah. And it's, like, it reminds me, actually, of it, right? Of, like, yep. Pennywise sort of mm-hmm. splitting his face open, right? I feel like that's a... I feel like it's a semi-common... I don't want to say super common, but, like, it is kind of a semi-common thing to happen. I mean, there's that. Like, there's it. There's the taking of Deborah. Uh, taking of Deborah Lo- Logan. Logan? logan maybe taking a deborah logan sure we're gonna go with that that's we might have just made up the movie um i feel like it just it's just a thing that i've seen a couple of times well i mean and it's effective it is effective i think because well first of all because it's like oh shit this big ass mouth is about to eat me yes because it does literally swallow jordan whole Mm -hmm. like a snake with a mouse yes um but also, I think it's really scary for us as humans when something, like, has a human attribute, but then the human attribute, like, distorts. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, of course it's got a mouth. Right. right. It's, but, like, it's supposed to be a jack-in-the-box. Like, right. Yeah. But now the mouth is, like, three times the size of its head, and yes. it's got six rows of teeth in it. Yep. And it's, like, dripping goo. Mm-hmm. That, I think that that affects us because... It is not as it's supposed to be. Right. Right. But it's close. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a movie like The Taking of Deborah Morgan. Nope. See, I just said it wrong. The Taking of Deborah Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Watch is neither of those. We're just making up. We just give her a different <laughs> right. last name every time. Um, y'all, I'm sure y'all know what we're You know we're what talking we're talking about. about. You listen to a horror movie podcast. Right. Um, where, like, it's actually a human. Yes. Whose face is distorting. Mm-hmm. Like, that's terrifying when yes. they do that. Um, so, but yeah, the Jack in the Box and all of the toys mm-hmm. um, are just really gorgeous mm-hmm. little practical effects yes. like they are they are very well done for sure yes um the projection of this movie was clearly inspired by gremlins through and through like through and through like it's there there in every shot and there's something about the noises that the mm-hmm. toys make that is very reminiscent of the gremlins. Oh, yeah. Like, especially when the gremlins sort of gather and they're in, like, a little horde, right? Mm-hmm. And you just hear the, tw- the sort of, like, tittering, yes. right? The toys are making those same noises. And mm-hmm. so I-, I quite enjoyed that little that little homage there. But So that's Jordan. Jordan got swallowed by the jack-in-the-box. Completely swallowed. Mm-hmm. Stevie almost did, but she man- they managed to, because they, you know, interrupted yes. the jack-in-the-box. So sorry. So sorry. In, interrupt your meal. Yeah, right. He's just a, you know. You've had your chef. appetizer. I know you're in, in for your uh, really just next appetizer. Right. They're the same size. But they are. They're the same they, size because right. they're twins. Right. Um, <laughs> who's next? Um, I mean, I feel like the next three or four kind of go in rapid succession, right? Yeah, because I believe next it is, it is technically uh, Aunt Dorothy. Because Aunt right. Dorothy, uh, yes. So they go downstairs. The toys are chasing them. The toys are, the jack-in-the-box goes into the vent system. They send mm-hmm. the dog up. So maybe it's the dog. I guess the dog is next, right? Yeah, I think technically the dog is next. Uh, they send the dog up through the vent system to attack the jack-in-the-box. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hear basically some yelping, you know, implying that the dog is not doing very well. Right. But then the jack-in-the-box falls through the ceiling. Yes. So she did her job. Right. Um. And all of the other sort of demonic toys come down to the living room as well. So they, um, you know, there's so, sort of this battle going right. on. So they've got they've got various weapons. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple of guns. They've got, uh, you know, an axe, mm-hmm. knives, all this stuff. And they're like sort of baseball bat, I think. They're yeah. trying to fight off these, these monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my favorite moment. In the film, I think, is when they hear, a, like, a creaking outside. And they have seen something sort of scurrying around outside. Right. Like, not just the monster that burrows under the snow that, mm-hmm. like, tries to take out Howard at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But something humanoid is running around outside. Yep. Right? And so there's this creaking of the against the boarded-up window. And the camera goes real tight on Omi's face, and she just goes, elves. <laughs> and then the boards burst from the window, and in come the elves. Like, yes. to the point where, obviously, they were just toying with them until now, because oh, they yeah. easily could have gotten into that house, yes. right? So they were just toying with them, and they're like, okay, now we're going to eat you. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, I think, they take out Aunt Dorothy. Yep. They take the baby. Yep. Then they take Howard. Yes, because Howard ends up, they end up pulling out the jack-in-the-box, and Howard jumps on the jack-in-the-box. Right, because the jack-in-the-box, like, he he is hoping that if he can, like, slit open the jack-in-the-box, he can get his daughter. Yes. Right. Um, and also, they just 
left with the baby. Right. Even. So and I think that was like the final straw is like, yeah. you know. And you're not taking all of my children. You're not taking all of my children. Like there was, you know, at that point only, only one left. Stevie was, mm-hmm. was sort of off somewhere semi-conscious, but. Right. Um, so then they just decide that it is in fact time to leave the house because the house has been breached. Right. It's no longer even the illusion of safety that they had in that house before has mm-hmm. been decimated. So right. they decide they try to, they're going to try to get to a snowplow that they mm-hmm. saw earlier and try to get through the blizzard. And as they are walking through, uh, they continue to get picked off. But right before that, they right when they're about to leave, uh-huh. Omi decides, I'm not oh, going. Oh, that's right. How can I forget Omi? You, Omi! Omi! <laughs> Omi! Omi! Um, yes. So they are all walking through the door. Mm-hmm. Omi's, you know, bringing up the rear. They realize that she's not behind them. Turn around. She says, be good, like she's fucking E.T. <laughs> and slams the door. Be good. <laughs> that was a little more robotic, but that's fine. It's fine. Um, because she wants to face Krampus. Right? Yes. He took her family. Mm-hmm. Twice now. It's right. taken two, two generations, three generations of her family. Yep. Um, so she wants to face him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she does, does not end well for her. No. But it does stall him. Yep. Right. So, and that was really, like, she knew she wasn't going to survive. Oh, yeah. She just wanted to stall him long enough so that the others might make it to safety. Mm -hmm. Um, Which was not really ever going to be an option. No. Because Krampus is controlling the snow. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) it's like, you're not getting through. It's not going to happen. Um, but yes, so Tom goes next. Uh, he is yep. pulled under by the mysterious Snowborough monster, right? Which is, I think, the second creepiest monster in this, just because it's because completely unknown. Because you don't see him. Yeah, you and just see him. Like it's so fast, and it's clearly, like, vicious. Like, you see mm-hmm. the chunk it takes out of Howard's leg, and then yep. you see that it, like, fully, like, just... It just pulls him right under. Just, they just disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, like, disappears people. You know, looks a little bit like Bugs Bunny when it's burrowing, but it's fine. Um, I think Bugs Bunny and like the... I never made that connection. Now I will not be able to not make that Cannot connection. Um, yeah, you know, like, especially in that episode where like uh, the abominable snowman adopts Bugs Bunny. Right. Because he, and he's going to love him and pet him and call him George. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like... I- Going through snow, all I could think of was Bugs Bunny going <laughs> through snow. Right. I actually um, remember that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe then Linda goes. Yep, Linda's next. She's pulled under as well. She's pulled under. And then Sarah flat out allows herself to be pulled under. Yep. Um, yeah, she... So that she can get the kids into the snowplow. Yes. Uh, which she does. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, and then and then we're down to Max and Stevie, mm-hmm. who both get thrown into the the portal to hell. Right, because they broke up. They clearly they cannot up. start this snowplow, so they're stuck. And right, they're stuck because yeah. Krampus is in complete control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and just just to add to the creepiness of that burrowing monster thing, mm-hmm. I love the fact that like in it, because they end up getting attacked by elves in the truck. Mm-hmm. And they not end up managing to knock one of them off, and that monster immediately pulls it under. 
it does not care what you are. I'm, oh, yeah. It's like, I'm no, eating you. It, yeah, it's a beast. Mm-hmm. It's just a beast. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there's no, there's no sort of party loyalty among, no. you know, Krampus's cronies because they, they will attack each other as soon as they'll attack the humans mm-hmm. because they're just evil. Exactly. Right? Like, it doesn't matter. One thing that I just wanted to bring up about, about Michael Dautry mm-hmm. is... And you can see it in this, but he is also the director of the movie Trick or Treat. Yes. Um, another holiday classic. Mm-hmm. Um, not of this holiday, obviously, but still a holiday classic nonetheless. For sure. um, definitely one that we will be talking about in the future. Oh, yeah. Because it's just so good. Next Halloween. Um, yes. Yes. Um, also directed, and he has not done many movies, by mm-hmm. the way. This is oh, like no. his, like, third directing debut oh krampus um the biggest movie that he's done though is actually godzilla uh king of the monsters oh really yeah <laughs> interesting filmography he i know right he's just a little all over the place although you know not really like i can see the through line because it's yes. all monsters and creature based yes. exactly it's all creature based it's all sort of like um monsters and you know fantasy and so i guess i can see it yeah i can see it for sure now this movie's budget was 15 million mm-hmm. and it's worldwide gross mm-hmm. um since it coming out is 61.5 million not bad way better than i expected it to have done uh i I think I knew that it did okay in the theaters, but mm-hmm. I didn't think that it did as well as it did. Yeah, I'm not sure I would have. I wouldn't have put it because you don't hair. hear about this movie all that often. No, right? Although there there has been a absolute explosion in sort of American at least awareness of the Krampus lore. Yes. So, and I I think that. This movie propelled that mm-hmm. and was part of it. Like, yes. I think that that started before this movie, but then this movie kind of, like, gave it a real bump. Yeah. Oh, um, huge one. I never really heard of Krampus until this movie. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I had sort of vaguely, but I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. it never, I never really thought about Krampus, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we talk about the eight movies called Krampus and none of them are? So Not, <laughs> <laughs> not a single one. <laughs> so uh, when we were doing the research for this initially, I was like, so should we talk about the sequels? And Sean was like, sequels. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, and really, you're absolutely right. Like, how would they make a sequel to this movie? Right. There's not really a way like, to do it. It is a complete story. Yes. Like, you better watch out. The only thing they could do is have them fuck up again. And Krampus kill them all again. Right. But this time, keep them dead. And that would just be depressing. Like, right. who wants to watch that movie? No. But, um... That would not be... That would not be interesting at all. Does not a holiday classic make. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are fully, like, three or four different mm-hmm. movie franchises. Yes. About Krampus. And I believe that just about all of them, except for maybe, like, I think one franchise came that started the year before this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think they've all come out because, I don't want to necessarily say because of this movie, but in a way, in a way, I would imagine because of this movie and because of the, as you right. said, like, like the success the of this film. Yes. And I mean, part of it is, let's be clear, a lot of these movies that were, these other Krampus movies we're talking about 
are like sci-fi channel type movies. Oh. Right. Uh, sci-fi might not even run some of those. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, and this was a... This was a, you know, major studio release starring yes. an Academy Award winning actress. Right? right. So, like... Exactly. They're not in the same league. No. In terms of, like, the either the amount of money spent mm-hmm. on them, the amount of money they're going to make, or, or the level of, like play they're gonna get exactly so like to be fair but yeah it was like i saw something called krampus too and i assumed that it was about that (laughs) right (laughs) and then you watch and you're like oh i i I read like the description and i was like that's not right that's not anything to do with that's not a follow-up to this at all of course you know there's always that doesn't necessarily mean anything (laughs) right that's true it's good like look at troll (laughs) 2 which we will also talk about at some point that'll probably have to be a you know what? I bet that actually won't be a watch along. I bet we can do a full episode about Troll 2 because we can just do, yep, we can do all kinds of discussion about Troll 2. I've actually never watched that one. <gasps> oh, Sean. Yeah, no, never happened. So I would, so I, I, I oscillate between suggesting that you watch it stone cold sober so that you don't freak out or that you watch it just like stoned out of your mind. <laughs> I'm not sure which is better or if it's just equally terrible either way. I'm open to multiple options here. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We'll do an experiment. Right. So I do want to talk about the animation sequence in the, in the middle of the film. Yes, absolutely. Because I love it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I kind of love it in general whenever a live action movie just like throws an animated sequence into it somewhere. It's very fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and a very sort of, it's very inventive and it works particularly well for the kind of moment that they used it for in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, when Omi is telling her story about her family being taken by Krampus, it goes into uh, an animation, mm-hmm. right? And particularly at the very beginning of the animation when it's the crowd and all of the people are just sort of silhouetted and they look almost like paper cutouts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> but when you are watching that, it is during World War II. Mm-hmm. The city's bombed out. They're in a bread line, right? Um, the Red Cross or whatever vehicle hands out its last loaf of bread, and the crowd starts fighting over it. Right. Right? Implying that, and uh, actually not implying, Omi says this outright, that it wasn't just her family that had lost its Christmas spirit or its kindness or or whatever, right? Right. That it was, in fact, all of society. Yep. Right. When you are looking at that crowd fighting over that loaf of bread, Mm -hmm. it recalls the opening sequence of the film. Yeah. Right? The opening sequence of the film... Uh, which I believe it said was filmed in a shopping mall in New Zealand. I believe so, yeah. I think that's what they said. Um, The opening sequence of the film is this, like, absolutely hilarious slow motion Mm -hmm. uh, scene of utter and total chaos Mm -hmm. at a shopping mall at Christmas. Right. Including people getting into physical altercations over products. Yeah, they're 
some crazy fights that break out. Right. And I mean, it's it's not entirely unrealistic. No. That does happen sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, there have been people who've gotten trampled on Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah, there have been deaths on Black Friday. There have been deaths on Black Friday. Which is insane. Which is insane. Like, no fucking Tickle Me Elmo is fucking worth that, people. No. But... I, I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition mm-hmm. because in the animation, those people are fighting over something they need to survive. Right. During a war. Right? Mm-hmm. And the opening sequence is just is just an example of consumerism at its ugliest. And I think that had to be intentional. Oh, I, like, without a doubt. There's there's an actual, like, close-up on hands trying to rip, I don't know, a toy car or whatever the hell it was from, from each other. And mm-hmm. that same close-up with the bread um, during the animation. I just, I, I enjoyed that little tidbit. And oh, definitely. Was that, like, if, if Krampus is going to punish people for being cruel when they are desperate... Imagine what he will do to people who are cruel when they have plenty. Yes. Right? Like, and I, mm-hmm. I just, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because there, I, I actually didn't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Because, I mean, like, legitimately, they're, one aspect, they're fighting over survival. And the other, they're fighting over stuff. Right. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. these are these are people who have everything they need to survive. Yeah, they are in no actual danger, mm-hmm. and they are beating each other up over toys and TVs. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in in the past, you had these people who had many of them had lost their homes, mm-hmm. lost their loved ones, and were starving. Right. And and were sort of you know reduced to this sort of like beast state by mm-hmm. desperation and hunger. Right. And that pissed Krampus off. So oh, absolutely. imagine how pissed off he is now. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and when you think about it too, like it, with, with Omi, he just came and took their grandparents away or her parents away. That's true. He didn't destroy everything and it. It didn't, no. it didn't seem like it was particularly gruesome. Right. Unless she just missed the gruesome part because she stayed in bed. That could be. Because, I mean, they, they did kind of have shadows going on and everything. But, mm-hmm. like... But even the shadows, it didn't seem like there was, like, a giant... Well, okay. Here's a twist, though. In Germany, Austria, Central Europe in general, really, most of Europe, there was, you know, there was a danger of being carried away in the night by nefarious forces. Right. Right. I I don't think, I mean, obviously they're, they're talking about Christmas spirit, so they're not supposed to be Jewish. Right. But the simply being carried away by shadowy malevolent forces, right, is something that might have been a lot more relevant mm-hmm. to that generation. Right. Whereas... These people were killed by stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, it, it maybe it's a reflection of 
what you're actually afraid of or like what the problem actually is. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. That does make sense. That like her family was carried off the way that prisoners of war, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, victims of the Nazis or whomever, mm-hmm. uh, all the various ways that you could be disappeared during world war two right. or during war at all. Um, Whereas it is specifically objects that take out almost everybody in this film. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. So like we said, there has been an explosion of interest in Krampus over Mm -hmm. the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, But Krampus has been around for a very long time. Right. We are actually going to be doing a mini episode next week. Yes, we are. Um, about creepy Christmas creatures. Mm-hmm. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Makes up for the brown sugar bourbon. Um, <laughs> There's a reason that it's labeled BSB. And right? <laughs> just call it BSB. It's fine. Just call it BSB. It's fine. Um, so, in its original lore, let's be clear. Krampus does not bring with him killer jack-in-the-boxes. Although there are creepy Christmas creatures mm-hmm. whom we will discuss in the mini episode who oh, yeah. are absolutely there to murder you mm-hmm. if you do wrong. Right. Krampus is not generally one of them. No. No, he's not. He just sort of um, follows Saint Nick around and gives out either coal or lashings, mm-hmm. right? Um, dates back to about the 13th century. Um, the name Krampus, uh, derives from the word for claw, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, he is almost always depicted as some sort of goat human hybrid or some kind of horn beast, very similar to like our idea of the devil, right? Which also emerged around the same time, like our, our sort of modern sort of if you think of the devil what you think of mm-hmm. that 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 image has not existed for the entirety of christianity right that's no. that is an invention of the middle ages yes definitely as is krampus mm-hmm. but um krampus almost certainly as does the devil almost certainly has roots in paganism yes because not a ton of goat men <laughs> involved in Christianity. So even though, like many um, sort of pagan traditions that were co-opted by the Christians, um, which is, we will also talk about in the mini episode, um, Krampus, you know, became associated with Saint Nick, which is why, A, he follows him around and, like, dispenses his, which is interesting because here in the U.S., Santa does both. Yeah. Here in the, yeah, he has a naughty and a nice list. Right. He has a naughty and a nice list, and it is he himself that either gives you the toy or the coal. Mm-hmm. In most of Central Europe, Santa, St. Nick, Father Christmas, Père Noël, Sinterklaas, whatever they call him, is only there for the good kids. Mm-hmm. And some absolutely horrifying creature <laughs> <laughs> shows up to take care of the bad ones. Right. So, you know. Consider yourself lucky, children in the U.S., that you only get coal instead of getting literally disemboweled, mm-hmm. which is what one of them does. 
It's amazing. <laughs> well, and I want to say too, like I, and, and obviously it would be silly if they didn't uh, follow the ideal concept of Krampus mm-hmm. in this film called Krampus. Right. <laughs> However, like I, I want to celebrate them for the amount of detail that they put into into the creature of Krampus in this film. Like, he has the horns, he's giant, he has the hooves. He's um, got the chains. He has the chains. Um, I believe, does he have a whip? I don't remember if he has a whip at all or not. I don't really think, he's generally not, yeah, he's generally got both of his hands free. Yeah. Um, Um, But. I also love, though, that you never see his face. No, because he's wearing a mask. And you almost can't tell. You almost can't tell it's a mask, except yeah. that it's it's not moving right. Right. Like, when when he, there was, you know, there's this scene where his tongue kind of snakes out. Yes. But his mouth doesn't move. Mm-hmm. His tongue just snakes out because the mouth is just open because it's a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mask is like a Santa Claus mask. Right. Right? It is, it is, it's a, it's a gorgeous creature like yes. it really is a very very well done again mm-hmm. like i mean we are we are fans of practical effects on this podcast yes. if you haven't discovered that by now and just by a little bit just a little bit and and that is it is a gorgeous mm-hmm. i don't know if it's a suit it must be at least partly a suit like there must be someone in there oh yeah i'm sure because um, i don't i don't think there's definitely someone inside of that. I don't thing. think it can be fully puppetry because of just the way that it moves. Right. Um, well, it, and it could be mostly puppetry. Like, I mean, even the... Um, I mean, that's true. Puppets still have something. But, and it's... And I appreciated the fact that they, like, had his tongue come out because that's another part of the lore is he has this giant snaking tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just add to the creep factor. Right. I mean, um, he's very he's very Satan-like. Yes. Right. Like, there, there are these... Um, they're sort of a class of creatures. They're not all associated with Christmas, but there is a class of creatures that are like hooved and horned and they have like these, this vaguely like weird, like half mammalian, half reptilian quality to them mm-hmm. um, that are, that heavily influenced the the modern day image of Satan and like how, like oh. what the devil yes. looks like for sure. And I think that, that you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of overlap here as well. Mm-hmm. So there was also a couple of, you know, little hidden treats and treasures, little gifts mm-hmm. that the, uh, that a d- lovely director provided for us. So, mm-hmm. um, of course there is a, uh, an incident that is mentioned early on in the film when, um oh yes i love this yeah it was uh i forget what the oh, noodle incident yes so uh because max it's when um tom and sarah are talking about all the neighbors and how like everyone's on vacation and then there's this, these one neighbors that um hate them because of max in this noodle, noodle incident, incident. So it's funny that they say that because they never explain never what this explained. is. And the reason is actually because it's a Calvin and Hobbes reference. Mm-hmm. So Calvin and Hobbes also has this noodle incident that is reoccurring throughout the entire comic strip. It is, is never explained. Never once explained. <laughs> um, so I love that they just had this little fun tie-in. I, I don't believe that I never 
dove into any research on uh, if like Michael Daughtry for some reason has any relation to that comic book strip. I imagine it's more of a childhood. Yeah, I mean, liking. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of there is an air of nostalgia to this movie. Yes, for sure, absolutely. Like, even right down, we talked about um, that, or you and I were talking about. I think before um, we started recording the that gorgeous poster that was like the old school illustrated poster Mm -hmm. of Krampus holding the snow globe and that like the I think that the the theatrical sheets Mm -hmm. are they half sheets is that what they call or am I thinking of baking pants I might be thinking of baking (laughs) pants (laughs) I mean it's 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 related to Christmas cookies. Yeah. <laughs> that, man. Um, that the theatrical poster, mm-hmm. you know, the the big the big light box one, right? Uh, actually, looks like it's been folded up. Yes, like it's old, mm-hmm. right? Like I I just so I think that it's a very self aware film. Oh, absolutely. And I th- I do think that there is a lot of just sort of references to things that they loved mm-hmm. as kids. Right. Well, and and originally, uh, Michael Daughtry wanted the opening sequence where it shows, like, Universal, like, the logos mm-hmm. for the companies, mm-hmm. the, the film companies. He wanted the original 80s version of Universal mm-hmm. to play through, and they denied him of it, right. which... It still ended up working out because I really do enjoy the opening, the, that version that they did, the mm-hmm. very, like, wintry, snowy version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it just kind of gets dark. Yes. But I would have loved to see that version mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that they did turn that down because I feel like they've used that in several movies in, around that time Yeah, frame I feel like since. they do that. Yeah. Like, I feel like they, they don't usually object so i i don't yeah. know what exactly the objection yeah. was here it's but... a silly one um and speaking of um legendary mm-hmm. uh, pictures so um at the very end of the film there are a few posters that are in his room mm-hmm. and some of them are very obvious you see um robot chicken i feel like is the most easily seen mm-hmm. poster in his room um there is rick and morty mm-hmm. um and there is actually and I was I was thinking about it. I was like, it's not actually a poster. It is the actual like robot on his wall, right next to his window, mm. is from Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. another legendary pictures film. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, something else that I had caught that uh, is more of a thing for me. So I'll own that part of it. Um, it's totally fair. But um, when I was watching through the credits, and they thank all of these different, you know things these all these different licensing things that they use right right um one of them that they thanked was for over the garden wall mm-hmm. and and i know i've mentioned it before that i love 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 over mm-hmm. the garden wall right. and i'm like when the hell did that pop right. into, when did they into mention the scene? over the garden wall um so it's funny so when they're zooming out and panning throughout the room there is a very obscure and i am probably the only one that would catch it mm-hmm. um but there is a very obscure poster that is clearly that is over the garden wall um, it is of the two brothers. Um, it, it's their shadows. Right. And that's like it. Well, it's I mean, their shadows obscured. Right. You want to know why I noticed it? Because of the fucking uh, teapot on the head. <laughs> <laughs> because it's an elephant. 
Right. I mean, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it was a just a cute little shape. reference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, because that's also, I mean, they're like kind of similar themes. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, along that vein of sort of like, if we're talking about references made, mm-hmm. right. Um, at the beginning of the film, while Omi's making all of her fabulous desserts and the gingerbread cookies, she is watching a Christmas Carol mm-hmm. on television. Right. The one from the forties. Mm-hmm. And obviously this movie plot wise mm-hmm. owes to a Christmas Carol. Right. Right. Like people are being bad. They get visited by things. Mm-hmm. Little, little more aggressive than the ones that came for Scrooge. Like, you know, by the, hair. the ghost of Christmas future predicted his death. He didn't cause it. Right. Um, you know, and then, and then the sort of like, waking up on Christmas morning. Was it all a dream? Was it real? Yada, yada, right. yada. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so there, there are definitely, you know, thematic references to a Christmas Carol, but I kind of feel like that's sort of a double reference because every Christmas movie from the eighties and nineties, every single one, there is a scene where they are watching an older Christmas movie. Oh, absolutely. Like, every Christmas movie made after say 1980 Mm-hmm. somebody somebody at some point is watching miracle on 34th street or it's a wonderful life or one of those sort of like seminal christmas movies from Absolutely. the 30s and 40s or mm-hmm. white christmas and i feel like in the 80s there was actually well in 80s early 90s there was this trend of putting direct references to classic films like especially in like rob reiner does this all the time <laughs> Like, all the time, right? <laughs> like, every movie is just basically based on another movie. and But that there is, there is like, a direct... Like, someone is watching that film. Right. And so I, I kind of saw that. That kind of tickled me because in addition to the sort of, like, obvious reference of, like, clearly we drew inspiration from A Christmas Carol, as any right. sort of, like, Christmas redemption story must. Like, you can't mm-hmm. avoid it. There's also this sort of, because he is so attached to the to the sort of like 80s creature movie featuring children right that he also included the the watching of the old movie right which is there mm-hmm. every time well and 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 to tie that into and i know you kind of you did touch on it a little bit but yes like even with over the garden wall it's the same kind of concept of like they go through this shit mm-hmm. they end up waking up they don't know if what they experienced was fully a dream right it's, I almost, I don't even think that that was maybe intentional to the tie-in necessarily. It right, could it was be. just something, they just, we like this and we think that an 11-year-old boy would like it, so right. we're going to put it on his right. wall. It just happens to be ironic that it, mm-hmm. it the theme ties together very nicely. Yeah, I mean, but you never know, though, because remember that these are constructed worlds and everything right. is put there on purpose. Exactly. So, um, you know, you don't always know exactly the reason, but mm-hmm. there is a reason well, Always. and I I will say too though, like Rick and Morty, Robot Chicken, Over the Garden Wall, all Cartoon Network. True. So that could be a part of it too. Mm-hmm. Just general licensing through Cart- Cartoon Network, right? That they just they had to deal with them, and so it just worked out nicely. It just tied it together with a little bow, a little bow, <laughs> a little Christmas bow, a little Christmas bow with a bell on it. Hmm. Bum bum bum. I actually speaking of the is it a dream or is it not? One thing that. A really cool moment in the film is when he does open the bell at the end mm-hmm. and everyone slowly remembers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clear at the beginning of the scene that he's the only one that remembers what happened. Mm-hmm. 
And then he opens that bell, and as everyone looks at it, they all, like, these blank sort of vaguely, like, they're going to be sick looks on their faces. And they all remember that they either all had the same dream or it really happened. Mm -hmm. So one other fun little tidbit. Sure. Uh, There is a moment where Max ends up sharing his um, Halloween stash of candy. Okay. With uh, with his cousins, uh, Jordan and Stevie. And he pulls out a lollipop mm-hmm. that is identical to the one that Sam from mm. Trick or Treat uses to I mean, slice people's throats. Obviously. I mean, because why would he not? Why would he it not have that It might very well sucker? be the same prop. It's pro- <laughs> I would not be surprised right? if it, it was. It might be the same prop. Um, so it's another little fun Easter right, egg. Right, little throwback. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I definitely enjoyed that. Kind of like Burton and Selleck using that Jack puppet in every movie that they made after that movie, right? Mm -hmm. Same kind of thing. Let's, let's just take this prop. That's like very recognizable and just drop it in as a little Easter egg. I wonder, I wonder if there's any, like any of that kind of tie in to Godzilla. I don't imagine that there would be because it's just such a weird, like kind of standalone feature film, but like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised just because of how many tie ins there's gotta be something tied in. I feel like that's just a, a, it's a thing that directors do is they tie in their other movies to Mm -hmm. the new ones, especially when their movies. How do I say this? When their movies are so visual. Yes. I know that's a weird thing to say because they're movies, but do you know what I mean? Yes. When, when you are, you know, making movies with a distinct visual language. Yes. The way that say Burton does, Mm -hmm. right. Or, or Selleck without Burton even. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that, you know, Daltrey has with this movie and with Trick or Treat. I, I do think that they have a tendency to do that when there's that sort of like distinctive style aspect that they can sort of like drop into their other films. I absolutely agree. Especially when there is a film that departs from that. You right. can just be like, hey, I'm still who I am. <laughs> right. This is still a Michael Daughtry film. Uh-huh. So that is it for Krampus. Mm-hmm. We will be back next week with that um, mini episode where we discuss creepy Christmas creatures. I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep saying it until I fuck it up. Creepy Christmas creatures. <laughs> Creeping all around. Getting you some Christmas treats and some death. Right. <laughs> Straight up murdering you. Um, and then we will, uh, we will be releasing an episode on Christmas. Yes, we will be. Um, Black Christmas? Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's going to be about Black Christmas. It's going to be Black Christmas. Yep. That is absolutely decided just now. Just now. Just in this moment. <laughs> so. There's Thanks a for being be- a part of that. Right. A little behind the scenes for you. Yes. Um, speaking of behind the scenes and. No, not speaking of behind the scenes. Well, sort of speaking of sort behind, of behind the, the scenes. Sort of behind the scenes. Make sure that you subscribe to our Fright Club where you may get some behind-the-scenes things. Yes, there is finally actually something up on Fright Club, thanks to Sean. (laughs) We actually have a full episode, another watch-along of... Scream-along. So, I'm going to have to actually physically, mentally, emotionally remember that. Um, (laughs) Clearly, I can't do it. I've said it a dozen times, and I never say scream-along. But there is our our scream-along of Chopping Chopping Mall. Mall. 
Yes. Which Very is exciting. wonderful. Yes. Um, so definitely subscribe to us on that. It is through Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would subscribe to through Scream or no. We'll post links. Yeah. We'll post links um, on the website and on all the socials. Yeah. And the first rule of Fright Club is? The first rule is be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for if there is a single message to this movie. <laughs> like, yikes. Again, Grump is a little extreme. A little much. Like, demonic jack-in-the-box because a kid ripped up a Santa letter. Right. A little extreme. Um... So in addition to Fright Club, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you like to listen. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe, or follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. We are at, I believe, 60, so we're getting closer getting to closer. our magic 100 mark. Uh, that is FN Frights Podcast on Instagram, FN Frights Pod on Twitter for mm-hmm. more little fun facts and tidbits that don't make it into the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, our website is fnfrightspodcast.com and our email is scream at fnfrightspodcast.com so feel free to scream at us anytime please you like. scream at us uh and don't forget to also follow us on facebook oh right we um, also have a facebook we Very do important. have a facebook everything gets posted to all of the things so all of the things yeah i feel like we might have some things that just go to facebook though so um right i mean each each has their own flavor for sure right so i mean just go ahead and follow all of them. just follow us all i mean you know follow the things you have them all i know you do right don't try to (laughs) pretend you don't (laughs) and so gays and ghouls join us next friday night you'll be in for a fright and until then sleep tight